this week on Erotic Awakening. Q&A with D&D vis-a-vis an RV. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast as well as workshops by Dan and Dawn are offered free of charge to our community. Ooh, that's high. Because of the expenses involved, we are grateful to those that support us through Patreon and donations. And... Awesomer people like <laughs> Elmeri, Elmi, Elmi, Elmi. Elme, probably Elme. So, hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. Where did Elme come from? I didn't see that in the show notes earlier. That was just brand new. So, oh, it just, okay. just well. popped up a few minutes ago. And I believe it is Poppy Cook, regardless. That's what was written. Okay. In the, the, That's how they pronounce it, or they say it at least. Awesome, it. awesome. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. So, uh, here on the podcast today, we are using brand new technology, the Zoom PodTrack P4. It's itty-bitty little thing sitting between us there. Well, it needs to be a little itty-bitty, and I know how much you loved your, your roadcaster. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping the Zoom, you know, does the same kind of stuff that you need it to do, but it needs to be spa- smaller, more lightweight, so because we are in a spot... Where we don't have a lot of room. Yes, we are um, officially moved into the new RV, our new tiny home on wheels. You'll hear more about that as the sh- well as the months and months of the podcast go. I'm sure as we get used <laughs> to it. The only thing we have to report so far about life on the road is we haven't left Columbus yet. We actually. haven't left Columbus. We're uh, still selling the condo and you know trying to get things organized in in our little tiny house. Yes, yes, we are not. We are uh, in. Um, an RV park near to, not too far from where we live, and we have a neighbor f- eight campers down that has a big cage in their uh, outside area, right outside their RV, where they keep their pet cats, which is oh, kind of cool. Uh huh. But even more interesting is their. Um, I love MILF's bumper sticker and flamingos in the yard. Indeed, indeed, and flamingos. Oh, my God. There is such an uproar, such an uproar on RVing Facebook groups right now about flamingos. because Flamingos and pineapples. Yes, apparently right? those are indicators of a thing. Those can be indicators of swinging, right? So people are like, oh, my God, watch out for those people, you know, and things like that. Whereas um, I've got an order in on Amazon for our next <laughs> Pineapple flag and leather yes. pride flag and pride flag and all that type of stuff. We're going to have all kinds of signals outside of our RV that we are open. Well, that we're open. Yes. <laughs> so today on the podcast, uh, we have more. Um, okay, we've been we've got a, a couple of episodes uh, that we've done over the last few months have been centering on kind of catching up on the backlog of all the question and answers that mm-hmm. questions that we've gotten over the years. Well. Yeah, maybe even years that we haven't either gotten around to answering or having the right people. And I think this last batch actually came from one person. Yeah, the last batch came from one person. We will have to dig up their name. I, I can't remember. Yeah, the, I I have a very strong sense of who their what their name is that they want to be used. Um, and it's like only four letters and there's no vowel. But... I'm not positive that they said, yes, feel free to use my name. So we don't. So, and we're only going to do a couple of questions of the list that they gave us. So if um, uh, they are listening to this, let us know one way or the other, if we can use your name, because we would love to give you credit for these questions, because we're always asking for questions. Absolutely. So it's amazing when we get some, it's like, yay. So things that, I mean, after 12 years, 
there's only so much to talk about. Absolutely. But we enjoy talking about it, and we want to answer the questions that you guys have. So, at least the ones that we can. And with our poor memories, we can start again with stuff like, oh, let's talk about spanking. We haven't done that yet. We've done that like nine <laughs> right. times. All right. right, Dawn, I haven't looked deeply at these questions since they came in. Me neither, and I just remembered what it is that I want to make sure to bring up later. So I have to type that right now, or You I will, will see there's a variety of power exchange, polyamory, uh, and kink-related questions in here. Oh, there is. Yes, so nice. Dawn, I'm going to start asking with asking you. Hey, okay. Dawn. You know, in the polyamory community, we talk at length about jealousy and compersion, and I will certainly agree those are very common topics. But what are other emotions did you discover or experience differently in your polyamory journey? I've already got one. Do you? Because um, I did look at this one just a couple of minutes ago, and I'm like, what other emotions did you discover or experience differently in your polyamory <laughs> journey. And I, I'm probably going to have to ramble and talk out loud a little bit to try to figure this out. Because I know I experienced anger. I experienced territorialness. Mm. I experienced loneliness. I experienced fear. I experienced... Hmm... I mean, there's happiness and joy in there as well. But usually when people ask these questions, it's more about the, the quote, negative stuff. Um, I experienced low self-esteem. Is that an emotion? Yeah, but are, uh, all of these I, are emotions you have. Uh, is it true that all these are emotions you had anyway that polyamory just made you look at? Well, or? that was my question because it's like, did I discover them? Oh, no. I've experienced these before. Did I experience them differently than I have before. I don't know that I did. So I don't know that I've experienced any differently. Ex I know that I experienced them overwhelmingly, <laughs> you know, some of the sadness and things like that. But I don't know that I experienced them differently. See, so what's yours? You said you had one. Yeah, for me... Um I don't recall ever thinking having envy before, and first off, you have to. We had to learn the difference between jealousy and envy, and that uh, mm -hmm. jealousy is just is that. Um, what about me? Type, you know, I want. Why do you want to be with them? You should be with me, and I can't believe you want to be with them. Jealousy is wanting what they have and not wanting them to have it. Uh, yes. Where envy is more often just. I want that too, is the way I normally think right, of it, right? Right, exactly. You don't want them not to have it, but you want to have it too. So, yeah, yeah I don't see envy as a bad thing. Um, jealousy is what, personally, what I need to work on. And I don't know that I, I see jealousy as a bad thing. It's just an emotion, but it's certainly something that I want to not control me. Right. All right. So which one did you experience? Envy? Envy. You never experienced that before? Or I don't recall it uh, being a thing for me before. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I definitely experienced that. But I don't know. I, I think with Polly, experiencing it differently was just that I experienced it more, like I said before, I experienced it more exponentially, some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it was really hard to get through some of these things, which is why we had to come up with so many tools in our Polly journey. Makes sense. If I think of something else, I'll journal about it on FET. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> What's the next one? 
So, um, okay, so I've not read this one yet, so let's see how, see how it goes. They say, I have a brain that loves to explore other perspectives, especially if they're about new things to me or things that I'm not necessarily interested in experiencing for myself. The episodes about different kinks or dynamics really tick this box for me. I've heard you talk to folks about balloon fetish, pet play, CBT, and that's cockball torture, not computer-based training, <laughs> uh, foot fetish. Would it be possible to do more episodes like that with folks in the community that practice things that may not be as commonly known? Maybe things like latex fetish, mummification, age play, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'd love to do more shows like that. We've done and age we will play do. We've with done, someone. Yes, we did age play with somebody who has a podcast. Uh, I can't recall what it was or what it is at the moment. I just draw on a blank. Um, I don't know that we've done. Boy, I feel like we've done latex. I feel like we've done latex. Regardless, we are going to continue to do fetishes as well hente. as we come across them, and we've we will. Done hente. Which is a little different than latex, huh? Hugely different than latex, yes. Okay. Uh, but we will continue to do those, absolutely. And if you, oh listener, would like to talk about your fetish, reach out to us. We would love to have you on the podcast and talk to you about it. Oh, we love to have the odd ones. We've had chemical play. Even normal ones. Even if you, whatever your fetish is. Oh, and what was that? You know what? I'm going to use that as a little segue for the thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, what did we have Jareth on here for? Wasn't that... Emotional um, masochism. Emotional masochism, and that was not long ago. So, um, just and I'm glad that you're you're mentioning this. Yes. Okay. So th this is just a sidebar. Um, so we did have Jareth on here out of Chicago, and she is very well known for talking about um, emotional masochism. And don't ask me to explain it. I've seen her do it. I know the feeling of it, but she uses words much better than I do to explain it. Um, well, recently she was. Uh, horseback riding mm -hmm. and had a seizure and fell off the horse and now has brain injury, TBI, traumatic brain injury, I think is what it's called. And um, they have a GoFundMe right now. So if anybody is ever wondering how you can support the community, how you can support presenters in the community, how you can um, support people that really give to the community, this is a way to do that. So there is a GoFundMe out there. Um, I have not had an update recently. I'm assuming she's still in the hospital. Um, so, and this, this happened, what, a week ago or so. But regardless, just throwing that out there, if you guys have seen or heard, seen or heard Jareth, I mean, she presents all the time. She um, is, was a director at GD2 in Chicago and things like that. So, you know, beautiful person going through hell right now so we will put the link to the gofundme down there are you are and, and you're sure it was a gofundme not a indiegogo um hold on because where would i find this at this was i replied to lady kaya this morning on fet so how would i see that right here in my thing and I'm the reason pretty sure it was a gofundme uh yeah Actually, yes, I hope that you are. Yeah, go ahead and look that up. Uh, excuse us, folks, if this is slowing you, slowing you down a little bit. But if you were to head over to episode 534, you would hear that podcast uh, where we interviewed Jareth on emotional masochism. And you'll find out that Jareth has been uh, giving to the community for many years. Uh, we felt fortunate to be able to support her. Uh, and her family in this time, uh, just a horrific accident. Here we go. 
Um, and you... I am looking it up. Sorry. So it is a GoFundMe, and here's the here's the link right here. Yeah, it doesn't really have a title, so okay. I will give we'll that to Dan. We'll put that link in the, that show in the show notes. So awesome. I will leave that up. So again, just a way to support someone else in the community that gives so much of their time and love. Yep. So awesome. So, so Dawn, I yes. understand that you have the skills and the tools you've learned and developed as an empowered follower, and they help you in your vanilla interactions evenly, Do even they? as well. Okay. Even your difficult interactions, like with people being rude or abrasive. Is this true? And if so, what skills and tools do you find the most useful? Um, that one? Hmm. Yes, I have learned new skills. And basically the skills that I've learned um, won't be across the board with all followers, right? I have a leader that is very much into mindfulness, um, very much into compassion, very much into slowing the brain down and thinking about people's intents instead of, because for me, with my past baggage, I don't always trust people right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Dan does trust people, and I've had to learn that from him. So some of the skills I have learned have been mindfulness and slowing down and looking at people's intent instead of what I perceive them to be saying or doing. Um, the biggest skill that I've learned is the whole idea that I am a reflection of Dan, and therefore I need to be, hmm, on my best behavior isn't the right way to describe that, but I know I'm a reflection of him, and I don't want people to think bad about him, so therefore I do my best to be the best reflection. Um, yeah, skills like that. And then I bring skills into being an empowered slave, like organization and details and things like that. But that's the other way around. Okay. Can you think of any other skills well, I've learned since being a follower? I mean, that's 20 years. Go on to the next question and I will answer you. Okay. So, Dan, <laughs> have you helped any of your submissives be able to speak up in a difficult situation? I asked Dawn about in question three. What tools did you help them learn? So, um... What I, it's really tricky because you have to develop these things on your own. You have to own them. It's kind of like when you quit smoking, right? If you quit smoking for your leader, it's temporary. Um, but to assist them in learning these tools is, like Don said, one of the things you do is you set expectations for appropriate behavior. Um, and you stick to it and you have a way to respond if that's not being kept, i.e., uh, making the person apologize or, re or kicking, uh, telling them they can't use the internets anymore. Uh, but also, it comes back to the values, right? For me, you remind the person of the values that you're trying to instill. So it's, it's, and I guess it's not the right answer to this question because for me, it's not so much the tools per se, but to focus on the fact is, is this response compassionate? Is this response the response of a teacher? Is this response going to be heard? Um, is what you're doing, like Dawn said, a positive reflection on me and a positive reflection on yourself? And is it actually going to get you the results? Uh, we just heard... Um, Katie says something super cool. It is more important to me to be. It is more important for me to be me than it is for me to be mean. Mm -hmm. uh, I just I love that saying as well. So no, I don't think I actually have a good answer to that. 
But I did. Yes, you have taught us skills. (laughs) You have. So you know what? Actually, one of your requirements was it actually a requirement or a suggestion? Was that we meditate? Absolutely. Uh, That was a strong suggestion. No, actually, I think it's on the have to do list. I think it it is on the have to do list. At least for some of us. So mm-hmm. cool. And that was a way so that we could slow our brains down and think about things before reacting. So it was about being pre- proactive instead of reactive to situations. So awesome. So Dawn, often you've talked about prior to our power exchange relationship, you had to be in charge all the time. Yeah, I did. That was a past relationship, not ours. So this says, we, if you think way back then, go into the way back machine, well, all the way before the DS and the collaring and all that. When you first started Submit 20 years ago, how did you relax? What tricks did you use to help you to relax into your submission instead of <laughs> feeling like you're in charge all the time? Did I relax into my submission? <laughs> I don't know. Did if, you? I, if I read the old journal, remember that red velvet journal? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I had that and I just came across it again while we were packing up the condo. And I bet you if I read in that, there's a lot of resistance in there. I did not relax into submission. Um, A lot of resistance and a lot of you going, why are you resisting? This is what you want. What the hell are we doing here if you're going to resist so much? And, um, you know, that's what I had to keep reminding myself was, was this is what I wanted. This feels right to me. This feels like how I'm going to grow as a person. This feels exactly like what I need in my life and how you you and I are going to balance as a couple, right? So I would have to remind myself of that. Sometimes I would have to journal. Sometimes I would just have to take that breath. You know, when, um, I mean, I remember you helping me a lot just by having me kneel and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. To just breathe into it. But um, getting to that point of this is who I am, right? Because there is some resistance, at least for me at the beginning. It's like, you know, what if my sister finds out? My sister is very much about, I am woman, hear me roar, you know? And I get that too. And I think things got easier for me when I realized that this was my choice, Hmm. right? I had a conversation with someone in Austin, Texas, and um, she's like, I don't get it. I am a slave, submissive, whatever word she used. And people just don't understand that. She's like, they're telling me I can't be a feminist if I'm a slave. Well, I am a feminist because the whole point of being a feminist is that I get to do what I want. And this is what I want. And that just really clicked with me. And when that clicked with me, it's like, mm, screw everybody else and what they may be thinking. I'm not a doormat. I am a strong person. I am a feminist. And this is what I choose to do. This makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And when I got to that point, most of the resistance left. Yeah. So, but yeah, I want to, I mean... I've said it before. I've got past baggage. I wanted to make sure, you know, that other people, other people were telling me you're just trying to relive the past and blah blah blah, and that made no sense to me. So, but I was still resisting a little bit. Okay, cool, good answer. Cool. I almost feel like I have to defend myself, and I don't know why. I think it's because 
um, I realized that I didn't just settle into it, that there was resistance there. Mm -hmm. And we did have struggles at the beginning. And that's okay. And I, and I hope that other people that are follower types listening to this hear that. And if they have struggles, they go, well, okay, well, there's hope for me too. Oh, yeah, because those struggles were, I mean, we didn't become collared. She's she's telling us, asking us to look back before the collaring. The collaring was just a little over 20 years ago. We moved in. Come next month, we'll have been living together for 22 years. So a year and a half of that was going through these struggles to see if the collaring was even going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So... So do you remember how, wait, no, there's a piece for you in there too. Did you, do you remember how you helped me settle into that or any other submissive that you've had? Because I feel like I'm not the only one that struggled. I, I want to say that it is just a matter of, the, the thing that comes to mind is not only to be powerful in your dominance, but also to remind the person, the follower, the submissive, that, that it is their choice. Um, but I also think on occasion, I, oft, I too often would say something like that it's a choice and what, do you want to stop? Do you want to give me back your collar? Mm-hmm. And I really don't think that that was the correct path to take, actually. I think um, if that question gets asked, it should be asked when things are calm not in any kind of heat, right? Um, not as a re- not reactionary. Right, right. We we work. You and I work very much at being proactive instead of reactive. You know, proactive with the communication tools, stuff like that. But um, that's not always possible. So sometimes you don't know you need a proactive thing until you're in a reactive yeah, moment. Absolutely. So I have a question for you though. So okay. they wanted to know um, what what did I do and how did you help me relax into your submission. Um, but, uh, the question I have for you is, is did you ever relax into your dominance? Did you have resistance to being a leader sometimes? Because I ask this because you and I are on a call once every other week mm-hmm. with other power exchange couples that have been doing this for a long time. And I feel like there's actually some resistance to being masters. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that normally what I dealt with more often wasn't resistance as much as a lack of self-confidence. And Mm. that's pretty legit as you come into these with no experience whatsoever. But there are occasions of resistance as well where, um, and I think for me, at least the resistance is based in laziness or wanting to take a break or just not wanting to deal with it. Right. Um, so it's a different level or different style, a different type of resistance that what you're talking about, but there is some resistance in that regard too, where it's like, man, I don't really want to do this right now. Um, just run yourself for a minute, (laughs) you know? And we know couples that actually, um, part of me is sitting here going, you know, but if you have to, if you have that resistance, then why are we doing this? Right. But I, I know this not a valid's not the right word, whatever. Anyway, we know other couples where the master needs a break for mental health reasons, for just a break for, for whatever reasons. And they've taught their slave, their submissive, their follower, how to go on standby mode. 
Mm-hmm. There are certain things, um, I can think of one in particular, the couple, a couple up in Chicago, right, that are actually international title holders, I believe. And she has been taught how to go on standby mode when he needs to take a break mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a moment. So that way their power exchange is never gone. And she doesn't feel like she's been uh, um, pushed aside. Not the right word either. But forgotten about maybe. So and um, so, there's things she's supposed to do when that happens. Cool. Go cool. to the next question. Yep. Okay. And finally, uh, when a person is new in the community and dungeon, mm-hmm. what tips do you have if they unexpectedly oh, encounter a, a scene one. that may trigger them, or for some reason, or better yet, avoid those accidentally? So I'll start with this one. Mm-hmm. You can avoid those from happening accidentally by doing some research, um, by you know just taking a look and seeing what kind of things are going to go are going to be happening at that event. That can help. That can do part of it. But also, the very nat- we our BDSM practices are fairly chaotic, so you never know. So, for example. In the 20 years you and I have been doing this, I have never accidentally walked into a race play scene. Right. Uh, race play... <laughs> you know, we have to back off that one. Uh, race play is generally a pretty charged topic, even more so recently. I've had... I've seen some people say that, you you know, it's never appropriate to do in the dungeon, but I've certainly been to events uh, where you know it's going to happen. Um, for the first five years or so, we could have said we've never accidentally walked into an age play scene. Oh yeah, it wasn't even a thing. And that's certainly been uh, in the in the dungeons that we go to, the play parties we go to, has certainly changed where it's much more common. So some types of play you'll be able you'll get warnings of and be able to avoid that way. But a lot of times, depending on what your thing is you'll probably walk into it at a dungeon, right? It's just, I mean, if you're trying to avoid, uh, well, it really depends. I mean, Jesus, you're, you're not going to avoid rape play. You're not going to avoid impact, you know, hum- play. impact play, humiliation play, you know, debasing people. Um, for some people that is common, you know, that's their Saturday night. You can't, so what really, I think that, the wiser thing to do is the first half of that. How do I deal with it? What steps do I take around it? And what I will share with you is what Don and I did for, uh, specifically for age play, because that was not only was that not our jam, uh, but I would go as far as to say we found that somewhat triggering. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly did. So what we did was we slowly moved into it into those areas where it was happening. We acknowledged it. We acknowledged how we felt about it. And we talked to people who participated in it to find out what their view was, because that for me made a lot of difference into how I perceive age play. Uh, I perceived it in one way. I'm not going to, we're not going to do an age play podcast right now. Any kind of play that you find, there's two types of play that I think about when it comes to things that are triggering. One is the kind that if I talk to somebody, I can get some understanding of why they get into it. And although it doesn't mean I'm going to get into it, it means that 
if I happen to come across that kind of play, I can say, oh, it's that kind of play. I'm going to walk in a different direction. Not a big deal. It's not going to ruin my night. There are other kinds of play that I see that simply give me the willies and that's the way it is. It gives me the willies and I walk away and I go someplace else. But same situation. Um, And I'm going to have to say without any judgment, I don't care what you're into, your kink's great, but uh, scat play is one that I have a very visceral, you know, playing with poop, uh, react negative internal reaction, right? It's not a judgment thing. It is a don't want to be around it thing. It is like, for me, similar to, and you're going to stick with me for a second. It's kind of like heights, right? I have a fear of heights. I don't know why. I don't feel any great need to fix it. It's not some psychological trauma, It's just, I don't like it, so I avoid it. So some type of plays like that. The trick is, that too is not going to ruin my night. Um, Because it's not about me. It is not about me. It is about somebody else's thing. That's best I got. Yeah. So, well, I've been writing notes while you've been talking. So that I don't forget things. So, so by the way, I run this group called... um, uh, Owl, older women in alternative lifestyles. One mm-hmm. of the things we talk about is how often we forget things. <laughs> I'm trying to remember to write notes. Anyway, so uh, my bit of advice is, is that you are, you need to realize that you are going to have accidental encounters. The trick with that is, is to separate that. God, how to put this into words? Okay, example. Someone called the space. And said, my partner has a reaction to clowns. They cannot be around clowns. How do we make sure there are no clowns in the dungeon when I bring my partner? And what me and Barrick had to tell this person was, we can't. There are no rules against clowns. Therefore, when you come into an environment where there could be clowns, you have to know how to take care of you. Right? It's not against the rules. So we can't say no clowns based Mm -hmm. on one person. Otherwise, there's going to be no clowns, no screaming, no crying, no laughing, no nudity, no nipples, no, you know, if we took care of everybody's nose, then we don't have this positive environment where people can practice their kinks, right? So you have to learn how to remove yourself from those environments without shaming the people that are doing them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the clown example. So the age play example for me, I had a real hard time being around age play once it started to be a thing. Unfortunately, I also tied the kink in with how I felt about the person. Okay. So one of the things that Dan taught me was just because you feel this thing about this fetish that they are doing, you need to separate it from the person doing it because it Mm. was going to cost me some friendships, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I was friends with this person that was involved in this thing and the words that they were using triggered me and Dan was very good at teaching me how to separate the action from the person, right? So that was a huge lesson for me to learn. Um, The other thing is, 
uncomfortable versus wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. We talk about uncomfortable versus wrong in poly all the time, but it's the same thing in a dungeon. Just because something makes me feel uncomfortable does not mean the person is doing something wrong. So therefore, the person, mm, so therefore, because it's uncomfortable for me and they're not doing anything wrong, that means I'm the one that has to do the work on me. So if it was something wrong, you go to a DM, right? A dungeon monitor. Mm-hmm. So usually there are dungeon monitors around and they're already keeping an eye on the place. They know what people are doing wrong and what not wrong, what's against the rules and things like that. So this is a lot of, uh, a lot of self-work because I tried to avoid the age play areas and things like that. And sometimes it's in the middle of the space. You can't avoid it. So I had to learn how to be okay with my feelings or to work on my feelings around it so that it doesn't shame other people. Because that's not my goal. Right. Right. I wouldn't want people to shame me about my fetishes. I've got some that are kind of out there. <laughs> Tentacles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even something as much as... Um you know, I think 20 years ago, you would have had a very different reaction to um, being called a slut. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, hell, we have a friend who regularly calls his partner a bitch. <laughs> she grins and enjoys yeah, it. right? So we have to understand that just because something is impactful to us doesn't make it a bad thing, mm-hmm. right, directly. Right. And, and like I said, you, you don't want to do things that shame the other person. Like if you see a needle scene and needles are not your thing, mm-hmm. don't go, ooh, that's not my thing. You know, right. kind of like when you and I were at the swing thing. I was going to say the were, same thing. And they yeah. had a St. Andrew's cross. So we're like, oh, bondage and BDSM is accepted. So you put me on the, the cross and you were spanking me with a paddle. And women walked by and said, ooh, I would never let anybody spank me. Totally ruined our scene. Right. So, yeah, don't don't say things to shame people. Learn how to work with your own emotions. Well, you know, it is a shame. What's a shame? How long it's been since we've uh, given props out to new subscribers to the newsletter. Oh, very true. So um, I do want to let you guys know that I am very late with the newsletter. It is already July and our first class is tomorrow night, Mm -hmm. Tuesday night, Tuesday, the 4th, 5th, 6th, Tuesday, July 6th. Because I've had to prep the condo for pictures and then prep the condo for people walking through and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's been on my list, hasn't gotten done. I just created the Fed event. Um, The newsletter should go out tonight, I hope. But tomorrow night we are teaching for tests. Yes. And we are teaching polyamory change management. And then on Thursday, which is the 8th of July, I am teaching sex magic for the first time. Ooh, for Eros Gathering, which is yep. my group. So we have shout outs. So the people that will be reading <laughs> that newsletter when you get it done are people like Emerald Green Eyes from Massachusetts. Don from Michigan. Steve from Detroit. Which I think is also Michigan, yes. <laughs> Lambros from New York. Carol from Kansas. And Lisa from England. Head over to eroticwickening.com and get your EA shout out. Just sign up for the occasional newsletter to get the latest podcast news, plus get discounts on books and more. And literally, there will be a discount on our polyamory dating guide on the newsletter that is going out tonight. Uh, speaking of which, um, not the newsletter, but well, actually, it's the newsletter's fault. I was going to say starting today. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it today. I'm going to do it next show. 
Okay. We're going to release the podcast to our uh, patrons a couple days before it goes to the regular feed. Oh, nice. Can't do it today because we've got time-sensitive yes, things on it. Yes. So awesome, awesome. So yeah, that would be great to, to give it out to our Patreons. We totally, oh, totally appreciate our, our patrons on Patreon. So let's see. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, we actually have a few tentacles. Yeah, we have a big list from Chip the Tentacle Guy. But he also sent a separate picture. That we're going to go through mm-hmm. and do, we're still trying to figure out how to do a reaction show. But prior to that, as oh, you mentioned. I'd love to do a reaction show to his list of his list of stuff. But he also sent us another picture of a um, picture that was painted by a, an octopus. Quite the so spin that was on everything. Cool, yes. Indeed. And then, and then Ohio Hedgehog treated me really well and sent me, it was a purple tentacle monster mm-hmm. so you know kudos and points for purple grabbing some and, girl um, yep it was grabbing a girl and of course the tentacle monsters also got tongues and has its 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 legs or arms or what, tentacles around the girl and in the girl and she looked happy and scared and it was awesome <laughs> happy and scared that's like my whole thing a fear play exactly so cool Awesome. So Instagram, find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day as at Erotic Awakening. I have not put any out there. I really should because we've got beautiful pictures of our new tiny house on wheels. Mm-hmm. We've got pictures of what it looks like when we're trying to organize and the place looks like a little cyclone went off inside <laughs> of it. We've got pictures of our puppy dog. So oh, she's sleeping right now. I think it's because it's hot in here. But um, yeah, so we will have Instagrams. We will keep you guys up to date on what we're doing and where we're going in this little tiny house. And you will see it through Instagram and any other place I can think of to put it. I'm adding that we're doing personal visits. Oh, we are doing personal visits. I'm keeping, keeping a spreadsheet. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Cool. Or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. If you like what we are doing, (laughs) head over to patreon.com slash erotic awakening and take a look at the options. Like early access to shows, personal visits. Um, We're actually doing uh, dinner visits with someone on Zoom right now, monthly. Yeah, but that's just because we like them. uh, True. Discounted stuff, extra content, and more. Our next Zoom meeting is our Let's Feel Chat with our Patreon I put out tonight. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan.